I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Philippians, the fourth chapter. Um, we'll get picked back up on verse number six. I want to I want to talk through this because last week we started off sharing and talking about what happens when we pray. And I want to I want to dig a little deeper on that. I want you to uh, and me to get a greater understanding about the privilege of being able to talk to God and understanding how uh, our prayer lives can become more effective. Amen. And how uh, and again, uh, when we talk about being effective, most of us in our uh, uh, human vernacular think a successful prayer life is when I get everything that I ask for. That's what most of us think. Come on, can we be honest? Because people will get discouraged and say, well, you know, uh, I prayed, but did nothing happen. I prayed and um, uh, I didn't get an answer. Well, maybe you did get an answer, but it wasn't the answer that you were looking for. Can I get a witness? How many of y'all know that our children ask us for stuff and they think that we being mean as parents because we don't give them everything that they ask for? Is that right? Are your children like my children? Hello? In, re- in reality, as parents who are responsible for the development and the cultivation of our children, we know that everything that they ask for is not what they need. Am I right about it? Most of your children want money every time they ask you for it. And they think that as a parent, you're supposed to give it to them. But I will, I will submit to you that, that if you're going to be a wise parent, one who's, who's walking in wisdom and one who's, who's rearing your children up in the nurturing atmosphere of the Lord, it is dangerous to give your child everything they ask for because they simply don't know, amen, what they need in a lot of cases. All right? So let's, 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 let's look in there. Let's try to get some understanding uh, about this, this thing called prayer because we're, we're in, a, in the midst of 31 days of prayer. And again, I want to say publicly, I thank God for the, for the men leading us out during this first week at 6 a.m., amen. Uh, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that, that, that things are happening in the spirit realm as this church prays, as men led us in, in prayer. And I, I, uh, I'm thankful, amen, uh, for, for prayer because there's something about rising early in the morning. Jesus did it. He, if you look at the scripture, he rose early before day and went to spend time, amen, communing with the Father. So, so I want to thank God for that prayer time. But things are happening, amen? Things are happening. Sister Zana Thornton told me her husband, Vincent, who's hospitalized right now and hadn't been able to walk for a while, began to take some steps. Amen? I thank God for that. Now listen, I, I know that there is a treatment plan going on, but I believe that, that prayer is having impact. Are y'all listening to me today? So go, go to Philippians, the fourth chapter with me, verse number six, and we're going to walk down through here. Because I believe most Christians don't have a clue amen, as, as it relates to the power that God has entrusted to us. Amen? Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse number six, says, but be, it says, be careful for nothing. Paul is writing in this uh, particular passage of Scripture, and as I told you on last week, Paul is now getting into the... Uh, the application part of this this particular book, because he always starts. If you look at his letters, he starts with doctrine, what we should believe, and then he, in the last part of his letter, he goes in to tell us how to put into practice what we believe. 
and he's getting to the practicality part of, of, of what we believe and how we put that into action. He says, be careful for nothing or be over anxious or worried about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto whom? God. And he says what in verse number seven? He says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall do what? Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He says, be careful for nothing. We're given a charge here, right? To be over anxious and to not be worried about anything. Well, how do we ever get to that point to where I'm not over anxious and I'm not worried about anything, but, 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 but in everything I'm going to the Lord in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let my request be made known unto him. And the text says, in the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. In other words, I'm going to be at rest and I'm going to be at peace even when my situation and my circumstances around me may seem to be uh, uh, worrisome. I'm not going to worry. Because I have the peace of God that goes beyond my little pea brain's ability to, to comprehend. The peace of God settles me. Even when the situation hadn't changed, God is still changing me. Are y'all listening to me today? So, so when we look at this thing, how, do we, how, how, how can we become uh, uh, prayer warriors? How can we get to the point to where we, we, when prayer uh, is lifted up, it produces the peace that we need to be able to go on and, 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 and take care of the things of life without worrying and being over anxious and making ourselves sick because of worry. Amen. Uh, I think it goes back. Go to G- Genesis, the first chapter, and we're going to take a look at uh, a, a few verses here. And, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I want you to look at this right here. I think it goes back to us understanding how God made man in the first place. How many of y'all know wisdom is the principal thing, therefore we shall get what? Wisdom. And all our getting, we should do what? We should get an understanding. Start in Genesis 1 and 1, and we'll read a few verses there. But I want you to note, amen, uh, in this text uh, that God is saying something here. He's, everybody say he's saying something. The text says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Verse number two. Now watch this. And the earth was without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Look at verse three. And God said, I want you to underline said there. And God said what? Let there be light. And there was what? There was light. Amen. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And verse number five says, and God called the light day and the, the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Go to verse number six. Verse number six says what? And God what? Said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Amen. Go with me down to verse number nine. And God said, let the waters under heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together the waters called he sees, and God saw that it was good. Verse number 11. Let's get to verse 11. It says, What? And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and on down the line. Every time when you look at creation, we see God saying something. Everybody say, God said it. 
Now, there's a pattern that's developing here that, that we would do well to understand because we know uh, from reading the scripture text that God said uh, in verse, go down with me, if you will, to verse number 26. Let me right quick. Notice what God says here in verse number 26. Ready? Read. And God said, let us make man in our image and after our what? Like Now, we know God is a spirit because he says the spirit, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him what? In spirit and in truth. So, so when it says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, it goes beyond talking about physical likeness. Are y'all tracking with me today? Because if God is a spirit, all y'all look like human flesh to me. Some bigger, some smaller. Right? Some got gray hair. And some, yeah, some have no hair. Some have black hair, which really should be gray hair, but because Miss Claro is not black. Hello, sisters. And oh, oh, oh. And brothers. Uh, we, we, we oftentimes laugh around the house. I told you we laugh around the house, but we, we, we oftentimes relate the story with this, this old elderly lady over in, in Hainesville area. Somebody was talking about her, you know, they talk about how black her hair was. She said, if you live right, your hair stay black like this. <laughs> she may have been in her 80s when she said that. Trust me, if you live long enough, your hair is going to turn gray. Quit tripping. Because Father Time catches up with all of us. I, I, listen, you can, you can still dress like you were when you were 17, 18. You're going to look a little funny. But Father Time is going to catch up with all of us. Have y'all, have y'all, have y'all found anybody that, it, that it didn't, he didn't catch up with? Huh? All right. All right. So, 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 but again, when he says, he, let us make man in our image and our like, after our likeness, what God is telling us is, is that, that, that I, I, I made man. Just like I'm a creator, amen. God, God model. He 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 model mankind. He he model work for mankind by creating and cultivating for the benefit of others. What am I saying right there? Well, God did. God created man to be. Come on now. He created man to be a cultivator. He created man uh, to 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 in His image to create, to cultivate, and develop God's world. He placed him here. And he says, I, just like I am creating by speaking the same thing in the same uh, process and the same benefit, I'm going to give it to you as mankind to be able to create by speaking. Everybody say, say it loud. Say it loud. All right, all right. Don't say I'm black and I'm proud. We're we talking about the word of God now. All right, for, for, for those who don't know, that's a, that's a reference to the old James Brown song back in the day. Any of y'all remember that? Yeah, James, James was a James was a James. All right. Now watch this, watch it. So, so first he created by bringing new things into existence, right? And then second, he cultivated his work by building an environment where it, it could flourish and, 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 he, and he commissioned Adam. Watch what it takes. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27, read with me. So God, here it is again, created man in his own image. 
in the image of God created he him, male and female, created him them, he them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. And do what? And to replenish the earth. Amen. So again, let's, let's, let's dial down here. Adam now becomes God's co-worker. God, in the beginning, started to create. And every time he created, he said something. Everybody say he said something. And so now he created man in his image and his likeness. And he's telling mankind now to, to be fruitful and multiply and to do what? Replenish the earth. If he's going to multiply when a man, a man loves a woman and can't think of nobody else and he gets with that woman in covenant relationship, usually what happens, all things being equal, then they can begin to reproduce. They can begin to create life. Isn't that awesome? God gave mankind the ability to create. So, again, God made man his image to create, to cultivate, and develop God's world. In the very beginning, work was given to mankind as a gift, amen, not a curse, and it was designed to be a part of every man's story, amen. He gave us the privilege and the responsibility to care for and develop the earth for the benefit of mankind and for his glory. Now, okay, so that's why God made man, mankind to be his co-worker, to create, to develop, to cultivate, right? But, but again, when you go back and you read this first chapter, and we won't have time to go through all of it, but notice the number of times in Genesis chapter 1 where the scripture points out the fact that God said, God saw, and God called. He said it, he saw it. Everybody say, he said it, then he saw it. He said it, then he saw it. Say it again, say he said it, and then he saw it. As God's prized creation, mankind, but he, we, we have been given the privilege to speak things into existence just like God spoke things into existence. Are y'all still tracking with me today? He's, you, you cannot, look, look at you cannot rise above what you allow yourself to think or to say. Go back with me to, to Mark the 11 chapter right quick. And we, we, we touched on this a little bit last week. Mark 11, chapter, verse number, started verse number 22. Mark 11, verse, chapter 11, verse number 22. We're talking about what happens when we pray. We know that when we pray, peace comes. When we pray according to God's will. When we understand that when we pray, God gave us that privilege to pray, and he says, say something. You know and I, and I know people mean well when they say this, but in actuality, uh, there is no such thing as a silent prayer. All right, now, hear me carefully before you get offended. Because what people, people will do is, let's have a moment of silence. What is that? A moment of silence. You don't know what people are thinking during a moment of silence. You know, when you go into a public arena... Because people are scared you're going to pray in the name of Jesus and offend somebody. They'll just say, let's have a moment of silence for the tragedy that occurred wherever in California, wherever, wherever that tragedy occurred. A moment of silence. Or we say, just pray silently. Well, if you have the ability to speak, and I know some of y'all trying to get smart, but say, well, you know, what if the person can't talk? Well, if you can't talk, God knows that. But if you can talk, prayer is saying words. All right, watch, watch this. So this silent prayer stuff, 
Listen, God says you speak words because he's a creator and he creates with his words. And he's given us the ability to create also with our words. All right, watch, watch, watch it. Mark eleven twenty says what? And Jesus answering said unto them, have what? Have faith in God. Amen. Next verse is what? For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not what? Doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Who's talking here, guys? Jesus, God manifesting in the flesh, the Son of God, is talking to his followers, and he tells them to meditate around the mountain. He tells them to come before the mountains and get on your knees and be silent. No, he says what? Say. Articulate words. God said, saith unto the mountain, be thou moved, be thou cast and see, and shall, and, shall not doubt, and shall not doubt where in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he said. Verse 24, come on, let's read. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, God, we also understand that my prayer has to be in line with God's will. I have to learn how to pray correctly because there is a method of praying. You remember when Jesus uh, was was praying and then his disciples asked him, Lord, do what? Teach us how to pray. And that's where we get what we call the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, which most of y'all probably know because you heard it repeated over the years. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. And he goes on down, right? So he's teaching them how to pray. He's teaching them what to include in their prayer life. Not that we have to regurgitate that very same thing. He's teaching them how to pray. So that means that if Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, then we need to be taught how to pray. And I think the first thing that has to be emblazoned in our minds is the fact that our words mean something. I, I, I would venture to guess that most people, when they pray, they just they just hoping that something will happen. They don't really know. They just you know they, they kind of just well you know I, I don't try everything else. What type of mentality is that? I tried after all else fails, pray. That's what people say. I say the first thing you ought to do is begin to speak, amen, to your Father in heaven. Because we are, and we've been, we are made in his image and his likeness, and we see from the very beginning that God was a creator. He was a cultivator. And he's given us as mankind, those who are in relationship with him, the ability to do the very same thing. Go to Proverbs 23. The words of our mouth begin with our thinking. He said, say unto the mountain, be thou removed. Again, this is not, when I, when I read that passage, I, I got to balance that because this is, not, this is not something just name it and claim it type gospel. All right? Because you need to know what you're praying for. How is it that we think that we can not have any relationship or association with God and then get mad at God because what we prayed about didn't come to pass? 
ask you a question. How many of y'all on the regular do stuff and give away your stuff to people who you don't know? I mean, just somebody just come up and say, man, I need a thousand dollars. You just say, okay, here it is. You don't know them, have never seen them before, don't know if they're going to buy drugs, if they're, if they're going to gamble with it, you just give it away. Nobody just randomly just do that, and there's no relationship. Right? So how, but why do we think that, that God is supposed to just do whatever we want done because we asked? See, God wants intimacy with us. He desires relationship with us. That's just like no woman in her right mind, hear me carefully, in her right mind, no woman in her right mind will give herself to anybody who asks her. There needs to be relationship, not only just relationship, but covenant relationship. I do relationship. Amen. In sickness and health. Relationship. Amen. Come on now. There needs to be a covenant relationship. And there ain't no man in his right mind gives himself away to any woman who says you can have me. All right. I'm messing with some man theology now. I'm messing with some man theology now because I'm looking at some brothers who north the forty who grew up who, in, in, in our area. You know, it was you, you prove your manhood by seeing how many you can lay and play with. Why is it that we believe that God is obligated to uh, just do whatever we ask with no with no with no requirements? See, listen. There need to be some requirements before you give in any arena. First of all, I want to know, is it the will of God? And I won't know, Roisha, if it is the will of God, if I don't spend time with God to know what his will is. How am I going to know what his will is if I don't spend any time with him? I mean, there are some things that I know without even asking my wife whether or not she approves of it or, or, or not, or whether or not she, she, that's something that she wants to do or not want to do. I mean, I, because what? I spent time with her. Can I get a witness? I got relationship with her. So I know, amen, what her will is in a lot of situations because I spent time with her. But we, we think we can go before God. Come on now. And this is out of our ignorance and, 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 and not knowing that, that God is supposed to just answer everything that we ask. And I've already told you, many times, we don't even know what we need to ask for. That's why I depend on the Holy Spirit. Lord, take what I'm saying, God. If I'm off, fix it, Holy Spirit. Because <laughs> the Bible says we, we know not what we should pray for as we are. There, there's some times we, we're praying, and we don't see everything, but God does. Holy Ghost does. He, he sees everything. Watch, watch what the text says. Let, let me go. Proverbs 23 and 7. The words of our mouth begin with our thinking. Now watch this. I, I need y'all to really pay attention to this. If you got the sermon notes, please uh, uh, do that. If, 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 I think Brother Jay going to put them out there, uh, there on, our, on our app. But if you got the paper copy, look at this with me, okay? Let's walk down through it because this is very important. If I don't understand the privilege that God has given me to speak words that create, 
then my prayer life will not be as vibrant because I won't believe that what I'm saying will really come to pass. I'm just hoping. And I'm just, you know, uh, you know and I, that's why I don't pray. I, I've oftentimes said this. If you really thought that what you were saying is going to manifest, there's no way in Hades you wouldn't pray. The reason why some of us don't pray, we don't believe that we receive. So we just shut down because we tried it before. Oh, Pastor, I've tried it before. Well, well, well okay, let, let, let's, let's, let's evaluate. Did you really believe that your words had the ability to create? Look at what, look at what Proverbs 23 um, uh, and 7 says here, okay? Because I, I, I want, I want, I'm going somewhere with this. Watch it. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Go pop it up in the NLT real quickly, and I want you to, uh, to look at this, okay? He says, they are, all, they are always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink, they say, but they don't mean it. Go, go uh, listen, listen to this real quickly. There, there, it says, there, there, there are three, three, three sources from which we receive our thoughts. Again, out of our heart, out of heart, out of our heart. They're, they're always thinking, uh, uh, they're always thinking, you know, when we, when we think about uh, the sources of our thoughts and the words of our mouth, it's, it comes out of our heart, guys. The Bible says death and life are wearing the power of the tongue and they that love it eat what? The fruit thereof. Now, there are three sources from which we receive our thoughts. Three sources that we receive our thoughts. Number one, our five senses. How many of y'all can hear? Uh, most, most, you make, make see, touch, taste, smell, all that. How many? Okay, let's name the five senses. It's been a long time for some of y'all. Five senses, okay. What's, what's one of them? Sight. What's another Hearing, what's another one? Taste, smell, and what? And touch. Okay, five senses. All right, y'all got there? Everybody say five of them. Now, again, again, sometimes uh, because of uh, things that happen, we may not be able to see or whatever. But, but again, uh, those who can't see, they overcomp- their hearing is better and their smell is better. So, again, uh, five senses. All right? Everybody say normally there's five senses. Okay? Everything we've learned since we were born into this world Everything our mind has learned has entered through our five senses. Is that correct? All right? So that's, that's the first place. The second, uh, the second uh, source of our thoughts is from the enemy, the devil. Okay? Uh, watch this. Uh, Satan can bombard our minds with thoughts. That's what he did with Judas to get him to, uh, to betray the master, Right? Satan will bombard our minds with thoughts. We'll look at this a little bit later. So it comes from our five senses, okay? And again, think about this for a second. How you think about something, how you think about prayer, amen, it came from, from either your present environment or what, we have, what you got stored up in your subconscious. How you think about everything comes from your present environment or stuff that's happened in the past, all right? So what if your environment was messed up? What if you hung around negative people all the time? I promise you, if you hang around negative people all the time, then generally you're going to start being negative. Would that be a a fair assessment? As a matter of fact, I got Bible to back me up on that. The Bible says, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, it talks about the fact that that he says, "Don't, don't, don't be deceived. Evil company corrupts good manners. I'm paraphrasing that. 
evil company will corrupt Amen. Good manners. In other words, if I hang out with folk who are evil and I'm hanging out with them consistently, sooner or later, I'm going to start doing what they're doing. If I'm not prayed up, if I don't have purpose, if I'm not going in there with the power of the Holy Spirit, which most of the time people are hanging out with, with, with people who are doing sinful stuff. They, they, they're, they're not strong enough. Most Christians aren't strong enough to go in there and, and be able to abide and not let it infiltrate their own hearts. That's what the Bible says, okay? So, so, so there are three sources, again, we, uh, for, from which we receive our thoughts. Uh, one is our five senses, then the second one is, is the devil, and, and the third one is God, where we receive our, where, our, where our thinking begins, okay? The source from which we receive our thoughts is uh, five senses, the devil, and God. God puts his thoughts in our hearts and minds by his Holy Spirit, okay? Y'all got that? All right, so watch this. So if, if that, those are the three sources, I got to make sure that, that I'm understanding where my thought life is coming from. The main difference between thoughts that come from God and thoughts that come from our five senses is this. God deals with our spirit and the other deals with our mind. Y'all follow me? God deals with our spirit and the other deals with our mind. Our five senses, the, the stuff that we receive into our five senses, it enters our minds, Right? But God, when he speaks to us through his word, is trying to speak to our spirit. Now, the mind has a part to play in that because the Bible talks about be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So we renew our mind by putting what? Word in our mind. But that word cannot just stay in our mind because guess what? The enemy has the ability to come and to mess with our thinking. Are y'all listening to me? So as a born again believer... I got to get the word out of my mind and down where? Into my heart, into my spirit, man. The Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Okay? So God deals with our spirit and, 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 and the five senses are dealing with our mind. Now, Romans 8 and 7, let's go there right quick. Romans 8 and 7 say that the natural man alone or, or the central part of us cannot know God. The natural man alone cannot know God. Romans the 8th chapter. Glory to God. Verse number seven. Are y'all still with me today? Because again, we got to realize that, that, that our, the words of our mouth begin with our thinking. What you say out of your mouth, amen, begins with what you think in your mind first. Because it goes from the mind down where? Into our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? The mouth speaks out of the, what's, what's in abundance on the inside of it. You may, you may, you may cover it for a little while, but eventually, if it's in your heart, it's going to come out of your mouth. Have you ever had a situation where you, you, you were in relationship with somebody? When I say relationship, whether a coworker, church member, husband, wife, whatever, and, and you know that something was wrong, but, but every time you ask what's wrong, they say nothing. Right. And, they, and they, they would continue to say nothing until that thing became so full that that ultimately it came out of their mouth because they've been sometimes people bear stuff for two, three, four, five, ten years. But eventually it's going to come out. Because if if, if if your heart becomes full, it's going to what's in your heart is going to come out through what the words of your mouth. Are y'all listening to me today? Watch what the text says here. It says, 
Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Go to the NLT on that particular verse. Watch this right quick. I want you to hear something. You cannot understand the things of God by natural means. The problem with many Christians is this. We're sitting here trying to understand God without spending any time with God, without spending any time with his word. His word is spirit in his life, and his word gives us the ability to relate to him, but we can't relate to him because we won't spend any time in his word. And we think that we can just come to church and connect with God. Maybe it it takes more than that. It takes more than just coming to church to connect with God because you can't connect with him out of your flesh, out of your carnal nature. None of us can, okay? For the sinful nature is what? It's always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and what? So your flesh ain't, your flesh ain't in line to, to, to obey God's law. Your flesh, your flesh is your flesh. And if you're not careful, even as a born-again believer, your flesh will rise up. Your flesh will rise up and begin to do stuff <laughs> that you thought you were delivered from. Is everybody still with me today? God speaks to us through our spirit, and our spirit speaks to our minds. There's one passage that says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man is what's reborn, not our flesh and not our soulish realm. It's the spirit that's reborn. Okay? And so, so God speaks to us through our spirit and our spirit speaks to our mind. Whether or not your mind can use the thoughts is based on whether or not your mind is renewed by the word of God. Let me say it again. Whether or not your mind can, 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 can use or discern uh, what, 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 what thoughts are coming and how they are, whether they're good or bad, is, is determined based off of whether or not your mind has been renewed by the word of God. Go to Romans 12 chapter right quick. Re- Romans 12 and 1. Hear me carefully. In order for me to be able, amen, to discern whether or not that's a thought that, that, I, that I need to follow after or whether or not that's a thought I need to dismiss, it's going to be determined whether or not my mind has been renewed by the word of God. Romans 12 and 1. Y'all there? Let's read it out loud on purpose. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. We worship God by, by, by giving our bodies to him. Notice that. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he finds acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. If I don't relinquish my flesh, amen, over to my spirit man, which is where God abides, then I can't really, come on, I can't really worship God. Oh, I know you come in and say, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. And go out and get drunk the next day. See, all that hallelujah, praise the Lord didn't mean a thing. Because the Bible says, be not drunk with wine, which is excellent, but be filled with the Spirit. And all you did was do this. But, but he says the way to truly worship him is to give your bodies to him. First two, watch this, come on, read. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
How is God going to transform us? How is he going to transform us? How is God going to transform us? By changing the way we think. Well, why are y'all, some of y'all sitting there like, well, I, yeah, I'm hearing that preacher, but you know, I ain't, you know, uh, my, uh, yeah, he ain't going to be messing with my thing. I got my own thing going to my house. He need to stay out of my house. He need to stay out of my business because I'm, I'm going to do me. Now, ain't you something? I thought you told me you were God's child. If I'm God's child, then that means I belong to him. And he tells me, he says, he says he's going he's to transform me into a new person by changing the way I think. Then you will learn to know. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing what and perfect. Right. All right. So 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 he he changes us by changing the way we think. Look, look at look at uh, B on your outline there. OK. Uh, uh, we're, we're under. Uh, it says here that uh, our mind is like a computer. How many of y'all have PCs? Personal computers. Let me see your hand. Come on, let's see. You got a personal computer. All right. Now, how many of y'all know that that personal computer has to be programmed to do certain things, right? Is that correct? Our mind, like that computer, don't know anything but what has been fed. Are y'all listening to me? And and I'm going to say this again. In actuality, in order for us to get in line with God's will, our minds have to be reprogrammed because we've been programmed with stuff that that obviously in a lot of cases didn't line up with God's will for our life. Right. And so we got to reprogram our minds. Everybody say reprogram my mind. Now, we have to get our minds to thinking in line with scripture. And I want you to notice something. Your mind will accept or reject thoughts according to what it knows about the word of God. Your, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me reiterate that. Your mind will accept or reject thoughts based on what it knows about the word of God. If I come to Cassandra and tell Cassandra this, Cassandra, uh, I know you got three boys and they got children. And I need some help on my income taxes. Ask Trail, can I carry his older son on my income tax? Because if I carry him on my income tax, I'll get a bigger refund and I'll give him a cut out of that bigger refund. Y'all know people do that, don't you? Some of y'all up in here, I I don't know you personally, but some of y'all up in here probably do the same thing. Baby, let me carry your child. Everybody say that's wrong. That's illegal. It's against the law. And it's against God's word. Now, immediately when I come to Cassandra and tell Cassandra to call her son in Nacogdoches and tell him I want to carry that latest baby that they had. And then, because he ain't getting a refund because of some stuff going on him, but if he let me carry that child, then I will, I will cut him a piece of, I'm gonna break him off some. Y'all have heard that term? I'm gonna break him off some of that refund I'm getting ready to get back. Now, immediately, because Cassandra's in the Word, and, and, and she's heard me teach about rendering to Caesar that which is Caesar's, and rendering to God that which is God. So, immediately, because that Word is in her mind, she takes that thought that I gave her, coming from me, it says immediately, I, I, I can't do that. I, 
she, she said, Pastor, I can't do that. I'm surprised you came and asked me that. <laughs> Pastor, I can't do that. You ain't going to block my blessing. The word positions us to be able to accept or reject false. Otherwise, if we don't have word, we're going to, you know, we allow the enemy or, or, or what we sense is the right thing to do rather than God's word telling us what is the right thing to do. Amen. You know, it, 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 it's, it, it, it's, it's amazing how, how we allow stuff that we've heard down through the years to become a part of our thinking process. Watch this. How many of y'all ever heard this? You know, the Lord, he moves in mysterious ways. How many of y'all heard it before? The Lord moves in mysterious ways. And we ain't got a song, his wonders to perform. But how many of y'all know that really in actuality, for a believer, we should never be saying God moved in mysterious ways. Because if I got the mind of Christ, then I mean, that means I know what God is capable of doing. As a matter of fact, can I give y'all some word on this? Go to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter right quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And, and, and so, so, so many times, guys, we, we've been, we got stuff embedded down in us that prevents us from really walking with God. And that stuff has been embedded in us so long, we'll, we'll die. To, some of us go to our graves thinking stuff that don't even line up with God's word. And as a result, we end up praying stuff that doesn't line up with God's word. 1 Corinthians, the, 10th cha- the second chapter, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. I think that's where I want to go. Uh, yes. Uh, verse number 14. Go to verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, verse number 14. Can we read together? Let's read. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds what? Watch this now. Now, Paul, just to give you a... a a backdrop on this, Paul now is talking to the Corinthian church and he's dealing with in this chapter of division in the church, but uh, uh, he, he says something here that, that, that that's, uh, well, he's dealing with how the spirit gives us wisdom. But he says, but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths, the truths that, that, that as it relates to the fact that, that God, uh, God speaks mysteries. He speaks he speaks uh, words of, of, of mystery to, to the world out there. As a matter of fact, back up right quick with me. Uh, the text says here, and go, go with me to verse number four. Verse number four, right, right quick. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Verse number four. It says, and my message and my preaching were very plain, Paul says. Rather than using clever and persuasive sweet speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. So Paul says, I did this so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Verse six reads, Yet when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rules of this world who are soon forgotten. Verse number nine. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden. Watch this. He says the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. Verse eight. Read. But the rules of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have what? Crucified our glorious Lord. In other words, the religious leaders, amen, they, couldn't they thought they were doing themselves a favor by crucifying Jesus. But God's wisdom was so great that by crucifying Jesus, it gave you and I an opportunity to be saved. They didn't understand that, right? Watch this. Next verse. It says, it says that is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared 
for those who love him. Watch this. That's what it says. But it, but it was to us that God did what? He, what did he do? He, he did what? He revealed these things by what? Those things that were a mystery. Amen. God did what? He revealed those things, what? By his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's what? The spirit shows us what? God's deep secrets, guys. Amen. He shows us who are walking by his spirit. He shows us his deep secrets. So when God does something miraculous, it ain't a surprise to me that he did something miraculous. Can I get a witness? Go down to verse number 16, 14. Skip to verse 14 right quick. Watch this. 14. All right. But people who aren't what? Spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. You may be in the church. You may have gotten baptized, but you can't receive, amen, the truths of God's word because you are not spirit minded. You're walking according to your flesh. You're walking according to what you see. You're walking according to your five senses. You're walking according to what your family told you. And so you can't receive those things, right? People who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. 15 and 16, watch this now. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. People don't understand you. Worldly people don't understand you. Those who are not saved don't understand you. Those who try to be politically correct can't understand why it is you believe what you believe. They can't understand why you would come to a place like this on a Sunday morning and listen to a guy by the name of Doyle Adams talk to you for 55 minutes and do it every week. They can't understand that. They can't understand why you would give a tenth and an offering every week in church whenever you get an increase. They can't understand why you are tithing. They can't understand why you were so into somebody's life who you don't even know, but the Holy Spirit told you to go drop $1,000 on them. Can't understand it. Doesn't make sense to them. But it makes sense to you. Because you know it says give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over with men given to your bosom for with the same measure that you meet out. It'll be measured back unto you again. We're blessed to be a blessing. Can I get a witness? Watch this. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But watch this. But we understand these things. Look at what he says. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? And some of y'all should know, well, you know, you know, you know, you know, that just thing that God ain't going to. Listen, no, God, God is, he's beyond any of our, our little pea brain wisdom. Amen. There are things that God, you know, God had revealed to all of us. But guess what? We all not be talking about it's a mystery to us because what he says right here is who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? None of us can teach God, obviously, but we understand these things, what his thoughts, for we have what? The mind of Christ. So if I have the mind of Christ, then that means I I have the mind of God operating in me. John 1 and 1, in the beginning, what was the word? The word was with God. The word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among men. So if Jesus... And his word are one, hear me carefully, then that means that I can have the mind of Christ. 
when I get into the word of God. I can begin to understand the things of God when I get into the word of God. If I'm not in the word of God, I will not think spiritually. I will always think carnally. Because I told you, your thoughts are going to come from, uh, you know, uh, from, from, uh, from one, of, one of three situations. Your five senses, the devil of God. It's going to come from, the, from, from your environment, your culture, you know, that, that, that feeds your five senses. It's going to come from Satan or it's going to come from God. Are y'all still with me today? Now, 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 now get, listen to me. Um, and there's other passages. Just write this down. I don't have time to go there. Write down Ephesians 1 and 9 right quick. Write down Ephesians 1 and 9. You can pop it up, Jay, if you got Ephesians 1 and 9. Glory to God. Hear me carefully. What I'm saying out of my mouth, even when I pray, it's going to be dictated, determined by what's going in my head and into my heart. What's controlling my thinking? What's controlling my thought life? It says God has now revealed to us, watch this, his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. When I'm born again, God reveals things to me. So, 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 so but Pastor, what are you getting at? What are you, uh, I told you in, in, in that B part, our mind's like a computer. It's got to be programmed, or, or should I say reprogrammed. And after reprogramming, look at, see, we must censor our thoughts. You got to censor your thoughts. Remember what 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says? Uh, bring every thought into captivity unto the obedience of Christ. Right? In other words, uh, pop up 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 with me right quick. If I got to bring every thought into obedience unto, uh, unto, unto Jesus Christ. Now, if, I, if my mind is like a computer, how many of y'all ever heard of McAfee? Y'all know what, how, many, how many know what Norton and McAfee is? I got two hands here. Some of y'all, some of y'all got a computer, but you don't even know what the antivirus software is. And you're online and stuff that's going to take over your computer because you don't understand that you need to have, if you're going to be on the internet, you need to have an antivirus software. Now think about this for a second. If my mind is like a computer, what is an antivirus software? What, what would you equate that to? Come on. There you go, Jared. If my mind is like a computer, then the, the antivirus software, which captures and throws away those viruses who are trying to disrupt my computer's brain so they won't operate properly, right? The Bible is like an antivirus software. It catches stuff that shouldn't be coming in our head. It catches and captures those thoughts that come from the enemy, those thoughts that come in our, from our five senses and it's not been filled with the word of God. It captures it and brings it unto obedience to Christ. It captures it and throws it out if it shouldn't be there. Are y'all listening to me today? So, so, so after reprogramming, we must censor our thoughts. Question. How can, the text says, and, and, and it says, we destroy every proud obstacle that provides, that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them what? To obey Christ. The KJV says, we bring their thought into captivity. Unto the obedience of Christ. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, it says. And the way something exalts itself against the knowledge of God is, is that it, it, it comes up against God's word and says, I'm true, God's word is lie. And so what we do then at that point in time, we put the antivirus software on it, so to speak. The Bible, God's word, to keep our minds from being messed up. The battleground is in our mind, guys. Amen. And here's what's going on. You have, you have the word of God. 
coming into your heart and the devil putting thoughts into your mind against the knowledge of God's word that's in your heart. That's why you got to get the word down in your heart. Amen. Now look, look at part D. What's the difference between when it talks about in KJV thoughts, imaginations, and strongholds? What's the difference between thoughts, imaginations, and strongholds? And we're going to stop after this, okay? So thoughts are the initial data coming into your mind, the original ideas you have, right? That comes from the, either five senses, uh, the Satan, or either God. After that thought comes, uh, we got to decide what we're going to do with it, right? And, 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 and so, so the, the second thing is, it, it says thoughts, imaginations, and strongholds. So uh, imagination, what are imaginations? What are imaginations, y'all? Huh? Read, read it to me. It's what? Okay. All right. All right. Now watch this. Watch this. Imagination. How many of y'all remember that song? Uh, it says, Just My Imagination by the Temptations. There's a song that says, Each day through my window, I watch her as she passes by. I say to myself, You're such a lucky guy. To have a girl like her is truly a dream come true. Out of all the foes in the world, she belongs to me. But it was just my imagination. <laughs> running away with me. Just my imagination. Running away with me. This, this guy got carried away. He, in the second cell, he says, soon we'll be married and raise a family. A cozy little home out of, the, out of the country with two children, maybe three. I tell you, I can visualize it all. This couldn't be a dream for me. This, this couldn't be a dream for two real, it all seems. But it was just my imagination running away with me. See, when a thought comes, amen, it's the initial programming. But then we have imagination, those things that, that come to my mind. We can visualize it happening. Am I right about it? How many of y'all have had imaginations? Amen. Imagination is the images that are played over, over again in our minds. It is an intent to do something about what you've been thinking about. This guy in that song, from what I can gather, didn't have a relationship with this woman. It was just his imagination. And some of y'all sitting here right now have had imaginations about people. Because it started with what? A fault. A fault that came from your five senses, from Satan or from God. Now, if you if you imagine like this guy was a he, he, he saw them getting married and having children and everything, uh, but but it was just his imagination. Now, what is a stronghold? What is a stronghold? We have thoughts. That's the initial thoughts that come to our mind. And if you don't, let me tell you something. If you don't, if you don't capture those initial thoughts, they'll they'll start to float around as imagination. And then, if you don't do something about the imagination, uh, it, it, it becomes a stronghold. The result, stronghold is the result of what happens when, when thoughts come to reality. The stronghold is what controls you if you allow it to. Jesus has given us authority, guys, over our thinking. But we have to take authority and stay in authority. It is an act of our will. Amen? Each of us can decide to keep a thought or dismiss it. If we choose to keep the thought and dwell upon it, the thought will become an imagination. If you leave it as an imagination, it will grow into a stronghold. Amen? So, 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 so guys, we, we, we must know God's, next we must know God's will for our life in order to think correctly. In order to think correctly. So thinking correctly helps us to speak correctly. And guys, uh, and my time is up today, but I want to 
next week I'm, I'm going to talk about, again, Jesus is the apostle and the high priest of our confession. Because in Hebrews 3 and 1, it tells us that an apostle is one who sent, right? A high priest is one who goes to God on my behalf. If Jesus is the apostle and the high priest of our profession or what we say, then we got to make sure we're saying the right thing because our high priest, our apostle, is not going to take something to God that doesn't line up with God's word. Amen? Literally what happens is when we pray, Jesus, the apostle and the high priest of our profession, of our confession, takes what we say and brings it into the presence of God. But he can't bring something into the presence of God that doesn't line up with God's word. And that's where a lot of us are messing up, even in our prayer life. Amen? So we'll, we'll pick back up on next week, and we're going to take a look at David, the story of David and Goliath. Y'all know it, but let's talk about what David said and how David's words produced victory over the giant. And some of y'all got some giants in your life, but you're speaking the wrong stuff. You're, you're cussing the giant out, and that ain't going to bring you victory. God, amen, amen, wants you to utilize the avenue of prayer and speaking forth his word Amen. To create, amen, and to cultivate, to change things. Amen. When we pray, peace comes. When we pray, our words have the ability to to create and to activate and to produce, amen, what God's word says it would produce. Amen. And we'll pick back up on next week. Give the Lord a hand of praise. God bless you.